My relationship with digital media, social media, is telling great stories. Nobody cares about mm-hmm. you. Nobody cares about your listings or what you're doing, but they care that you tell a great story. This is your Niagara Real Estate Podcast, hosted by Patrick Burke and Sean DeLotte, two top-tier realtors who happen to be from two different brokerages, from two different real estate teams, both focused on one thing, the Niagara real estate market. Let's get started. All right, friends, welcome to, I don't know what podcast number this is. My name is Patrick Burke with the B team at McGar Realty here in Niagara. And I'm Sean Delot with the Davidson's Delot Real Estate team with Remax Niagara. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I, uh, I really enjoyed our last two uh, quick shots. Quick shots. They were fun and uh, good feedback from them so far. For the restaurant? Yeah, I think it. Uh, I, I'm. 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 I go to analogies either too much or not, or I'm not sure. But I, that's how I see the world, and uh, and so I might have beaten that one into oblivion. But to you me, you are the to, king of analogies. To, you definitely are the king. I don't of know analogies. if I'm an anointed king, but Ooh, you're, it, you're it, close. It's, it's a it's a it's an enormously valuable tool in expressing a concept to somebody. Because no. if they don't get it, but then you can flip it on its head and, and relate it to pancakes and bicycles, then they're like. Wait a second, that's stupid, but it makes sense. Well, I'll tell you this: yeah. when you started that, day, I had no clue where <laughs> you're going, and you, your introduction to it with the whole thing—it was like literally four minutes, and I'm like, "Oh I my know, god!" And you didn't say a word. That I was know, a record because I'm like, "Where is this guy going? What's going to happen?" I'm like, "I got to listen to the whole thing to figure out what's what," and then it, I think it turned out quite well. <laughs> that was the longest. Uh, when if you looked at it on a, a wave file, you can see my channel, and it's all like you know blah blah blah, blah and yours was just a straight line. She didn't say a word. I, did, I probably wasn't even breathing, <laughs> but it worked. Yes. Right. But so today's anyway. a special day. Today is a special day. It's not just you and me. No, thank God. Um, <laughs> so as promised, we've uh, we've been trying to uh, offer sort of a range of guests to to broaden sort of the scope of what we're talking about, both for us and you, our esteemed listeners. Um, so today, we have a special guest indeed, one of the finest dressed people in show business, our buddy. Um, he's he is looking a, sharp. He's looking, he's looking sharp, sharp You just called me a broad guest, so filled it out for you, buddy. Did I? Um, so he's a speaker, <laughs> uh, leadership, team building, trainer, just all around sees the world in a really cool way and can articulate it in a way that others can't. Um, we're proud and happy to have him with us. Neil Thornton, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. It's awesome. I've got a whole folder of, of applause files that I, I just insert so for you i would have just done like the wembley stadium yeah, i'm just gonna say right? like shea stadium maybe in a little nah, nah, nah. Yeah. so yeah someone in the back go joe namath that's it right yeah yeah man thanks uh, for uh for hopping on so i was trying to think and uh as much as we we do try to go into these things somewhat fresh we don't over prepare where i have yeah. like 12 questions because sometimes that just puts you on a track and it it forces our agenda into the conversation rather than just letting right. it go, right? Right. So you, I was thinking yesterday and, and this morning about what what I wanted to cover. It's a little bit, you know, like the Disney World and the cruise ships have done the same thing, where before it was one dining room and one lounge, and you went to a cruise ship and you saw everything you wanted to see, and right. now there's like seven dining rooms and six lounges, so you always have to go back because you never finished it all. Right. So with you, I was like, 
there's so much I wanted to cover. You're like a like a you're like a hundred and eighty thousand ton cruise ship because it's like we're not gonna be able to cover all we wanted to talk about today. Shit, okay. I already did an analogy. I was just I'm gonna so say analogy sorry. one, analogy I love one, it. and the first so, swear word, which is good. Yeah, we try to we try to <laughs> knock down the barricades. So uh, so there's a ton I wanted to cover because I, I, the most the thing I'm most fascinated with because leadership is in a sense human nature. And everything we talk about is how how us humans interact with ourselves, with our own brains, yeah. and with others, right? Right. So um, that's one of the things that I'm I'd love to dig into with you with you today, as far as your, your thoughts on where you see what when you go into places today, what you're seeing, commonalities, things that make you scratch your head, all that sort of stuff. And I know Sean's shaking his head because we talk about this stuff all the time. So yeah, we. We started off this morning with an interesting concept is you'll have a team meeting and you talk about the how. Like you get into tactics, right? And then there's a break and Sean called them the smokers, but then there's a meeting in the hallway after your meeting. Now, if you're facilitating that meeting and while you're in the meeting, you watched half the room glancing at their phones. They're telling you that phone is more important than your meeting. So, I think it's important to get real today with people. And when someone is on their phone in their meeting, you stop the meeting. You don't offend people, but you interrupt the meeting. But you also take a look in the mirror and say, how good am I at this that half of my room isn't hearing a word I say? Mm -hmm. So it's listening. But if you've got a meeting in the hallway after your meeting, they don't know the why of your meeting. So who's who's red? Start with why. right? I think yeah, that's... Yeah. We're, listen, guys, we are in the attention span economy, shorter than ever before, and people people want to know the why. What do you like? What are you thinking, Sean? Because it, that's it's a good point for people. Well, I I'm very intrigued because with what you said about the attention span economy is very very intriguing to me in the sense because especially looking at real estate how people communicate and and you talked right. about the the gen z gen z generation <laughs> and all that stuff and and they're not really our market quite yet but they are coming up people still use the phone our, our market's typically 35 plus right they're phone people they still pick up the call they like calls they communicate that way but then i see my 12 year old who never ever has a phone conversation and constant head down, just sending sending messages, sending right. messages. And so I haven't really looked at that as to how that's going to affect things moving forward. Uh, but it's going to have a huge effect on how we communicate and how real estate's particularly traded. But And this is not just for real estate. I think it's life in general. I mean, we're all older mm. gentlemen here. Mm -hmm. And... I got to admit, I, I'm a laggard when it comes to technology. I hate it. I resist it as long as I can. Um, but moving forward, it is definitely changing. And um, I do appreciate that you use the actual correct term, laggard. Like on that, like who who came up with that whole the early adopters and blah blah blah. The, uh, yeah, I'm, the I'm, I'm, it's such a great word yeah, and i'm definitely yeah. one of those so the why have a meeting is is that's such a great because we talked about simon sinek on our two podcasts ago because we were talking about the infinite game and and that book that book i started the pandemic with yeah that book allowed me to double my business last year infinite game because i chose an yeah. infinite game not a finite game right 
most people during the pandemic played a finite game. Yeah. Remember the word pivot? Yeah. We got to, we got to make these quick changes. Yeah. It wasn't anchored in anything. Yeah. So a lot of people couldn't relate to it, but the infinite game is I wanted to create a legacy. Mm-hmm. So last year we rebranded when most of my competitors disappeared. Right. So to me, it was the relationship to the pandemic, not the pandemic itself. The pandemic was not going to define us for a lot of people that did. It was an excuse. Mm-hmm. It's not an excuse. Now this, you know, go back to 2008 in the last recession, I was a managing partner of the largest training company in the world. And we completely reinvented back then. So it wasn't the first time it happened. It just sped up the change. Right. So everything today is all about speed. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that about the pivot because I understand the pivot was a short-term solution. Yeah. It was a quick, okay, let's pivot to this. Yeah. We can make cash two years, but then the pandemic ends and your pivot strategy things change back to some. It wasn't, there was normal. no anchoring there. There no. was no long-term strategies. And I've always been a big believer in strategic planning is easy. It's the doing that's the hard part. Yeah. And you go to what Peter Drucker said is your culture will eat your strategy for breakfast. Yes. So, you know, I was in downtown Toronto yesterday. It was with a ministry in Ontario, right? One of the ministry departments. And their issue was how do we kind of regroup our teams they're still hybrid, still partly remote. People are coming in. There's still that gap. And I go to what Sean said earlier. I think it's time we get human again. Mm-hmm. Like you go back, you know, when the pandemic hit, when the recession hits, you go back to your fundamentals in real estate. It's making the calls, building the networks. We've all read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, multiple streams of income. While realtors are looking at that now going, hey, I probably now need multiple streams of income in my real estate business, which is what you're seeing in some of even more of the top producers in in the Niagara region, throughout Ontario, throughout Canada. But now you also start thinking about, man, what do I now need to reinvent that I've yet to reinvent that gives me more choices? That's where people are at right now is I'm going back to my fundamentals. I'm making my calls but where do I need to be quicker and faster? Relationship with technology? Hey, Peterson Seiki said, if you don't like change, you like irrelevancy even less. Mm-hmm. We're not changing this wave. Mm-hmm. I work with Gen Zs. I teach them. You know they have attention spans of squirrels on crack, but they'll build a website in an hour. Yes. They, yeah. they get technology. Do they get communications humanly? Maybe yes, maybe no. Don't blame them. You blame the schools. You blame maybe the parents. 100%. Everybody Mm. gets a trophy. You're special. Yeah, not only that. I mean, uh, we were iPads with the kids. It was built-in babysitting. Well, you know, you know, the the iPad off. Yeah. Watch some YouTube. And, you know, and that's where they, you know, we created kind of this, this, this web of destruction with this. uh, We we have a shared colleague, uh, Alex DeGenis. Mm-hmm. I like Alex. And Alex and I, we wrote a chapter together in the new book. We do talks in high schools. And he has an interesting viewpoint, is strengthening students' relationships with failure and adversity. Because it's something they don't have. We do. We've been beaten up. We've been yelled at. You know, we've lost games. And, and we've strengthened our relationship with failure. The, the newer generation, I think we need to get better at this. They say, it's okay to fail. It's okay to make a mistake. That's when you learn. Absolutely. Right? I, I'm a big proponent of that. I I say my best growth is through failure. I learn. And yeah. guess what? I'm not doing it again. Yeah. So I've let's, learned, let's like, bring that into the, the uh, self-proprietor, single operator business mm. sphere. 
I don't want to dwell on real estate, but let's use it as an example. It could be an intensely lonely business, right? Especially if you're on your own. And I, I, I've always advocated for people that are that are on their own, quote unquote, find somebody else who's on their own and then create some kind of a thing where you go for a coffee once a week or you have check-ins or accountability partners, whatever you want to call it, right? But that whole, that the one of the things that fascinates me is is the individual person and how they manage things. And you can't call a meeting when you're running your own business, right? When you're on purely on your own and that you go back to that why kind of a thing. And that's where it gets into, you know, strategy and, and long-term and short-term projections and, and digital media, print media, whatever you're going to do, branding, all this stuff. And I know I've, I've, I've gone on a completely different lane here, but one of the things that fascinates Stay me on that is, lane. Yeah, is, is people jump into that. They go from, Hey, I think I'm going to do real estate, not being condescending, but that's often the term you hear. They go through the licensing and then they jump into this amphitheater of mayhem, right? Which is our real estate industry today. And you talk about attention spans and, and different generations. You Expectations. Have, you have all these different generations jump into the real estate, real estate sphere. And then a year later, they're sitting there at their desk going, what the hell am I doing, right? Because okay. it's, it's such a huge ask. And so yeah. so do you get where I'm going? Like Your like, last three minutes has, have, has been noise. Right, so you're, you're the arena of mayhem. Yeah. Okay. You're on your own. That's nonsense. If you get into real estate, you read the E Myth. You learn what it's like to be an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. not a not a realtor, an mm -hmm. entrepreneur. I mentioned earlier, rich dad, poor dad. Yeah. You turn that into your network talks about you while mm -hmm. you sleep. Sure. So but even you, though you, you even you though think... you work on your own, yeah. What the realtors I'm working with right now are building these networks of people. Right. Unless that's my point though, is is unless you have the awareness to do that, I see I see people jump in all the time. Well, they don't. You're absolutely right. Right. So so yeah, this is a and and Sean, we've said it lots. This is a great community, this industry, and there's a ton of great people in it. But um I'm just I'm just intrigued when when people jump into the into the business. And then they, they, you know, it's like they bought their first restaurant and all of a sudden they're a chef and a sommelier and a front of desk, front of house and a bartender and everything else and an accountant and a PR manager and everything else. So I don't know. I, I, I think from a human nature perspective, how do you, how do you step into that and where do you go with it from there where, where you're going to be, you know, flourishing and, um, and so, yeah, the community thing and, and, and networks and reading, um, digging up what we, we had a. Rusty Crudy on this podcast last was that this year early this year yeah earlier this year and you so you talk about you you dig into the 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 sort of the the library of experience that's out there but um I don't know I right now because it's so noisy right the our world in general and then our real estate world is so noisy and chaotic and you coined a term with with marketing that I'll let you say that I think is brilliant um, real estate or advertising. Um, porn essentially of of uh, putting stuff out there and look at me, look at me. On I think, social media. Yeah, I, yeah. I think uh, I think it's just a, a fascinating world as far as um, when people step into the shoes of of the sole proprietor entrepreneur. Yeah, you, you watch some of the shows on TV. I'm a content creator. Uh, I've got so many followers. That's not real. In and, and you watch realtors you know, taking selfies, 
mm-hmm. and running around saying, look, I baked a cake. But, okay, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm thinking, is that the value proposition? Is that the brand you want to lay out there with mm-hmm. clarity? Or Let's is it noise? Yeah. Like, is it noise? And so I think what's happening, I'm just going to sh- say it out loud because I work with a lot of real estate associations. I think it's been too easy to be a realtor. It's you need to look at their business skills, their marketing skills, their their influencing skills before you get into real estate. Then, but you get your license, and now you're trying to invent a business. You can't afford. It took me five years to build a brand. Mm-hmm. The people don't have that that avenue to do that. Yeah, I mean. I feel exactly what you're saying that I just find social media these days gives a falsity to the realities of actually what's going on. And, and especially the way real estate is portrayed and a lot of other businesses, the way it's portrayed, I feel social media makes real estate look easy. The challenge is it's not. And when I'm dealing with new agents coming on my team and trying to get them to actually understand, like it doesn't show on social media, people prospecting, people sitting at an open house, having no one come through. Like I always say this, 90% of the business in real estate is wasting your time. 10% is actually the sales because you're wasting your time on the phones. You're wasting your time doing this. You're wasting your time showing houses that may not be for the people, but you're doing that to educate them. Whereas I find the younger generation, they don't have the time or patience for that. They think they sh- they're going to go show a house and they're buying it. Or if they're making calls, every person they call should be a seller who wants to sell now or buy now. And if that's the case, they don't want to. Okay, goodbye. They don't understand well, the follow-up yeah. and, and the, the nature of building a career. Because it's through follow-up that you actually build your network and referrals and stuff like that, which actually helps you build your brand. Yeah, and, and that's, your brand now precedes you. This, I've been using that term everywhere. Is everybody knows everything about you before they meet you. And, and I think my relationship with digital media, social media, is telling great stories. Nobody cares about mm-hmm. you. Nobody cares about your listings or what you're doing. But they care that you tell a great story. Right. And we live in an Instagrammable world. Everything's 30 seconds. Everything's quick little clips. Uh, but throwing out their personal life stuff and it's like, you know, look at my new thing or whatever, my new car. And it, it's just fake, right? But you're telling, if you're telling a great story, when I work with realtors, you know, who has the best garden center locally? Who's the best mechanic? Who would you recommend for con- contracting work? Uh, mm-hmm. Sealing driveways. And you get them thinking about their network and who they could share the network story because people know you do real estate. You don't have to keep telling them you do it. Yeah. But in your community, you start to talk about what other people are doing and that then you become a natural leader. So let's go back to the uh, the, the new car thing. First, I, I agree. I think I think having a, a balanced diet of content is important. So, Very much. So do the new car thing, but tell the story about the person that you bought it from or you know, some make it add, add an element to it that makes it a, a compelling thing to look, rather than oh, cool, they just bought a Pathfinder, right? Right. Um, so I, I totally agree with you, and and I think that's, I'll, I'll, man, going back to the cruise ship Disney analogy, I've got so many tangents I could go on right now. <laughs> But we only have three hours with you today. Is that is that right? Was yeah, it we could probably go for three hours. <laughs> Let's get some lunch. Sure. <laughs> Was uh, I? I think I think there's a a creativity is not talked about enough, mm. and 
to take a somewhat boring process of buying a car and turning it into a, a compelling story is creativity at its purest, not purest form, but it, it is creativity, right? And as an entrepreneur, whether you're a realtor or a landscape architect or or a barista or whatever it is, you put creativity into it, that, that creates a human element that makes people want to engage with it, right? Yeah, yeah. And we've all seen Instagram accounts where going back to the real estate thing, you scroll down and all it is is listeds and solds and listeds and solds. Yeah. That couldn't be more boring. It's noise. There is no creativity there, right? Right. And so I, I still... I always beat the drum of of arts and how important it is for kids to to stand in front of people, whether to do a speech in class or to play a piano or a recorder or right. be in the play or whatever it is, to realize there's different ways to do the same thing. You can stand on stage in front of people and and things might not go great and you survive. But I think I think this is a big piece for me is I see people's enormous apprehension to put themselves out there and take risk. There's this uh, imposter, whether you want to call it imposter syndrome or fear of failure or that nobody's going to like me, I'm going to look stupid. Sound. Well, How many I, times have you seen with, with video and stuff, you've harped on it and people say, I don't want to do video because of X, Y, and Z, right? I'm the king of not wanting, I- Yeah, you but know, you do it. I do it now. You put but, yourself out there all the but, time. But I, I resisted it forever because in all honesty- I watch some people do it and it really allows people to form an opinion of them. Some people do it really well. And I'm like, oh, that's a stand-up guy. And other people I'm like, ooh. And so I was always hesitant because <laughs> I just like to be everyone, the man of everyone. Yeah. And, and I'm like, ah, these videos, I kept got told, do these videos. And, and finally I did them, but I just created authentic to myself. And I'm like, that's it. I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm going to do them as me. I'm not going to showboat anything. I never post pictures of cars or anything. I, I yeah. hate that. I don't think that's what social media should be about. If you're getting married, you're getting engaged, you know, your kid's got a puppy and they're happy and show that kind of stuff. And that's okay. But this, this showboaty, all this stuff, all so the time drives I me told, up the wall. Like yeah. it's douches as I'm at its best. <laughs> Man, we can are going to write that down. You we can use that, Neil. Coining terms. You can dude. use that I'm getting one. a tattoo of you that. You know? Is like, it apostrophe ISM or is it one consideration? It's just one, one word. Douche word. Okay. okay. So let's go. Can we go back to creativity thing? Because so, this is what started this dialogue. Yeah. So I agree on the video thing. Not everybody has to do video. But if 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 I, I don't understand a world in which you can exist and prosper in our business without some, some form of creativity. Whether and if it's not video, that's fine. But or your listings, exposing just, just your listings, marketing. I agree. How you deal with people, how you engage with people. Um, you know, you line up ten people; they all want to be communicated with differently. So you have to be creative with that, right? Neil, over to you. Say something smart. Eckhart Tolle. Yes. Said ego and awareness cannot coexist. So the biggest thing limiting us is us. Get yourselves out of the way. Can I be creative? Sure I can. It's going to take me weeks to do something. Or I make a call. I call Brad down at Giant Shoe. I call these guys at Vision Lock. I call people mm. who see my business differently. And I engage in them to go to look at my business in a new lens. So the danger of being a realtor is you're on your own. 
right? So you're trying to do this all on your own. I don't have a budget for web. I don't have a, like, it's all time. They'll give you the excuse. I don't have time for all this. Mm-hmm. And my response is you don't, you don't have time not to do it. Right. You, you, this is something you need to do. It, guys, go back to think and grow rich, Napoleon Hill. Develop a mastermind, surround yourself with three other people once a month for half a day who challenge the way you think, mm. right? Because ego, we get in our heads around, oh, I'm not good at video, or I, I don't feel comfortable doing that. I didn't ask you for your opinion. You asked me to grow your business. But most people I work with, they're not willing to get the coaching or the mentorship required to double their business. Do you think it's because it's uncomfortable? It's uncomfortable. Yeah. They'll give you the I don't have time or money. I said, well, why'd you get into business? Like mm-hmm. if you don't if you don't have a budget for marketing, why are you doing what you're doing? Do you, mm-hmm. do you think you're gonna get lucky? Well, okay, if it was 2019 in the real estate market, yeah, you probably did pretty good. I I heard a number this week and it 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 shook me. And I got to call Sarah at Niagara um, Real Estate Association because somebody threw out there. There's 750 listings. You would know this, Patrick. 750 listings in Niagara. There's 1,500 realtors. Now, I know there's not 1,500. The number's actually smaller than that. I won't disclose it here. It's around 1,500. But somebody said, does anybody not see that saturation not working? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. Like, to me, that fact slapped me in the head. So well, it's Pareto's principle, right? Yeah, 80-20. So I'm thinking in the real estate world, if you don't stand out right now, like what Sean said, if you don't mm-hmm. choose to be different, you are not going to be in this business in a year. Mm-hmm. Like just Let's just be honest, entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. right? Regardless of your budgets or where you're going, um, your opinion of your business doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. What people say about you matters. And I agree. It's it. The one thing is, it's a grind. Real estate is a grind. And you're right. There's the other point you're missing too, Neil. Is yes, okay, fifteen hundred realtors in Niagara. What about all fifty percent of the other agents are coming from out of town? Yeah, and that's where the game has changed for me. Twenty years in the business, okay, new local guys come up. Fine, that's just par for the course. Some people make it, others don't. But with this influx of out of town agents as well. And these guys use their out of town agents changes up the buyers and it is going to become harder and harder and harder. Let's go back to the restaurant industry. Did you want to say something? As an entrepreneur, I'm coming unglued right now because I love this. I love talking to consultants who say there's no way you could build a business in Niagara. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. As I'm, as I'm wiping the floor with them, but you're talking to a guy who used to sit in the lobby at White Oaks with a calling card, making 45 calls a day, booking four meetings every single day. Those are the fundamentals that Sean talks about. Mm-hmm. It's the disciplines. Mm-hmm. We've done it. We know how to do it. Mm-hmm. The pandemic threw everything on its head. Now it's time to go back to those fundamentals. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so- I love that we're going back to those fundamentals. I'm not going to lie. You talked about the, even the human connection. I thought we were going to lose that through through COVID. I was really hesitant. Am I ever going to shake someone's hand again? And I agree. I see it more important than ever. And I use it as this, my kid playing baseball and meeting other kids and being out there instead of on her phone to get that personal connection and understand sportsmanship and all those different things is so important to all of us. It's still the most downloaded book on the internet. Yeah. Written in 1935. There's a great uh, Gary right? Vee quote 
about uh, about this, and he said, uh, as the world goes more Jetsons, 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 yeah, the people that act like the Flintstones win, right? <laughs> and and so that the idea is spaceships and all this stuff. Flintstones is good old fashioned, like like just talking to people, getting old 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 school, right? And Sean talks about it all the time. As much as you can, you can have all these CRMs and automated text pushouts and e newsletters and e blasts and blah blah blah. Hey, Steve, how you doing? I saw blah, blah, blah. I just wanted to say congratulations. How's Martha doing? Yeah. I drove by the other day. Your front porch looks amazing. Just call and say hi, Bo. Like that kind of stuff. And that's the uncomfortable stuff if, if you're... Well, that, but that's that... not new. That's how to win right. friends and influence Flip people. Stones. It's right. not new. Right, exactly. Right, Guys, I, I've i built a business on LinkedIn. Like, I'll just simply... Yeah, you, you I just simply a... on a weekend grab my C's and just send out... Hey Sean, I was just in my office. I was thinking about you. Hope you and your family are doing great. So Let me know at, the cool you, things you're working on. Are you doing that on a direct message? On, on Always like direct message. You have no idea how much business that turns into. And I walk into other business groups. Oh, I don't even know my password for LinkedIn. Yeah, I know. But you know what, Neil? And I, that's music to my ears. And I really appreciate that because you know what? You're sending messages to people though. Let's just face the facts. Not everyone even responds to you. You know, but you send the messages and you know what? You're sending them though to, I find the best thing is a place out of, you're you're just reaching out saying, hey, how you doing? Thinking about Checking you. in. And yeah. that's the best thing, you know, because there's a way in real estate to call someone too. It's like, like Pat said, hey, Scott, just checking in. How you doing? Or, hey, Scott, you ready to list? Guess yeah. what? Scott's going to, hey, you're ready to list. Uh, well, yeah, okay, settle down. Uh, Scott, one more thing. I'm never too busy for your referrals. Okay, see you later. Bye. Yeah, yeah. you know, but, but my whole thing is this. <laughs> right? Is, How and, and I try to, and you'll agree no with offense. me this, Neil, through sending those messages, and even with someone not responding, like I, I tell my team, like they have these CRMs now, and I used to have to cut and paste, cut and paste emails. I did it every night. I cut and paste the same email to 100 people. And then I'd say a little prayer to the house gods at night and say, just like, let three people, <laughs> let three people reply to one of these emails. Please, please, please. But you don't even realize what you're doing is you're already building a relationship because even though there, some of them won't respond, I always, it's a nice message and I'm here to help. It's like, hey, weekend's coming up. Enjoy the weekend. You know, glad you're looking right. at your properties. I'm here to help. I've had it so many times, nine months of sending these emails finally. Hey, Sean, we appreciate your emails. We're going to be contemplating listing our home in the next month or two. We would love for you to come by. And it's like, oh my God. It's, it's don't underestimate how many people you reach. Even though you're not getting responses, you, your goal, my vision has always been walking in a room and people go, man, you're everywhere. That's always been my vision. And I know that people are watching what I'm doing and the stories I'm telling. I don't use the measurement of people getting back to me. But I can tell you over the years of building relationships, on a Saturday, sending out to 400 Ds in my LinkedIn network, I wouldn't be surprised if 300 send something back because I'm not pushing an agenda. Yep. I'm not, hey, here's my latest report. Yeah. Oh, hey, I'm doing a seminar. Let me know if you can make it. Yes. Don't you think we're all, we're all silently watching, right? Most people we're, are. We're all seeing what somebody, and, it, and, and just because I don't respond doesn't mean I don't like it. Like, like. 
like I'll see something you write, like some, somebody I genuine or somebody I genuinely like. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> but I'll see stuff from from people that, that I really like, whatever it is that they do. Right. Like Mirepoix downtown. I love that place. Right. And I'll see their posts, right? And, and I'll, oh, yeah, cool. I love that restaurant. I didn't comment on it or do anything with it, but it, it just went brunch, Mirepoix, just planted that seed. And then guess what? Three weeks later, my wife will say, hey, let's go for brunch on Saturday. Brunch, Mirepoix. Hey, how about we go to Mirepoix? It's all programming. Right? This and weekend, my daughter got married. We were at Pillar and Post. I saw the photos. It looked lovely. I can't. I can't tell you. They knock it now, out of the park. I work with vintage hotels, lease yeah. properties, but man, the service there. So great. The, the gardens. You just. That people space across comment. the street? It was right Isn't across that the street. It was what they did fantastic. Over there? Have you been there, Sean? The, the gardens across the street from Pillar? Yes. Beautiful. Yes. Just spectacular. But, you know, I'll tell that story. Vintage does not need to put out, look at our gardens. Right, right, right. Their, their network is doing it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where we go as more mature people in business is mm -hmm. we don't have to talk about our business. Other people do. Being remarkable, right? <laughs> Being <laughs> worth remarking about. But always working on our craft. That's sure. it. And I love that fact that like, I never push an agenda when I'm following up yeah. with people. It's never pushing. It's always checking in, wishing them some wellness. And, and that's just my personality. And I guess it comes across genuine. But again, like I built my business on follow up, follow up, follow up with people. And, and it honestly, Neil, yeah. it wasn't till this year that I actually realized the relationships that I made. And people even say it, Sean, like you emailed us every month. We got the email. Yeah. And it got to the point where we had to respond to you because we didn't want to look for it. This guy is just, he goes, if we want service, you're sending something to us every month. We're not even responding. You're still sending to us and you want to help. Still doing it. Can I still do it. Can I add one thing to that though? What you were sending to them was a value, right? If, if if you're not if you're sending something that isn't of value, then it actually it's negative equity. Well, and the key thing is it's the, the help. It's right. the willingness to help, and people yeah. realize. And and what I did, I actually connected with like-minded people that were like me and that I wanted to work with. Right. And when you work with people like that, you build the best relationships. Like you talk about friends, right. made friends with these clients, mm -hmm. and referrals upon referrals. And to be honest, that's how I built my brand. Yeah, And I find like when you talked about service and it's so great, you know, vintage ins. And uh, to be honest with you, my wife and I go to the Pillar and Post. We we book a room. It's like our little holiday. We just did that. We, my wife and yeah, I. Yeah, it's just a little thing. We great. love it there. But one thing, you know, I'd like to hear your perception because COVID, I think, crushed it for a little bit is service. Service got really bad. Service has been lacking, but I'm hearing a lot of these big companies now are like, no, we got to bring service back. We got to get it going. And I'm hoping to see that. I'm very service orientated and I'm I'm trying to right. keep that going. But where do you see that kind of as far as service? Because it hasn't been great. Well, service comes through listening to your customers. So pandemic created a mute button. Right. So all of a sudden we weren't communicating, we weren't meeting. So human beings take a path of least resistance. If I don't have to do it, I won't do it. I'm like you during the pandemic. I went back to my, my network. I went back to yep. connecting with people. So I actually raised my game of service, which I'm now reaping the rewards of. But a lot of people, I think they just stopped doing that. I work so hard with teams just on listening. 
Because human beings listen from what they already know. They listen from a right or wrong or should and shouldn't be standpoint. Mm -hmm. So in meetings, people are just listening to be right, which means they're listening from their past. There's no innovation there. Mm -hmm. So now customer service, and I've got customer service colleagues who might listen to this and they'll probably key my car. But my definition of customer service is be nice. Just go above and beyond and open the door for somebody. Help. Say hello. Smile going down the road. And and I know colleagues who teach customer service who are amazing and they have a science to it. But you can't, I, I don't know, sometimes you can't program customer service. That's, you, a, that's a great and, question, and, right? And that's a brilliant thing. So I, I'm just going to relate to a server, okay? Yeah. Do you have the friendliest server who's like, you know, they, they may not even do the best job. But because they're nice, you appreciate them. And, and I think that's another thing is, is just niceties are a little missing in our world these days. Remember that a person's name is that person the sweetest, most important sound in any language. It's principle number six, how to win friends and influence people. In a restaurant, my kids always say, Dad, you always remember the server's name. Because the server wants to know that we remembered their name. Guess who gets the best service in the restaurant? And it's not manipulative, mm -hmm. but this afternoon, go up to the deli department over at Zares or wherever you're going to go. Everybody's wearing a name tag. Say, Sarah, thanks so much for the great service today. I really appreciate Because mm -hmm. you know all day long people have been dumping on that oh, person. And, that, and that, that's and, such a And just give point. them a little smile for the day and hit, let them think, oh, there still is. It's little thing. Don't, don't be creepy mm -hmm. about it, but just you know, mm -hmm. walk around and just say, hey, have a great day. You know, We walked in here today. Mm -hmm. Who did I grab? I watched that. As soon, as soon as I walked in, there was somebody so, sitting there. I just, hi, I'm introduced myself. I thought yeah. that was interesting. So- not to cut you off, but I just did. When you when you came in here, you you greeted everybody genuinely, asked them their name, introduced yourself, and I watched. It was like a clinic, and and in like one minute, this guy knows everybody in the building. I'm not necessarily wired that way, and that's a that's one thing. That's one of my blind spots. Is my and my wife is the opposite. My wife yeah, once went wife around the counter great. at Metro and hugged the cashier. I was like, "What is going on right yeah. here?" Because I guess the cashier was having a a bad time, a bad moment, or whatever. Next thing you know, the line stopped. My wife's talking to them, and then they're hugging. And and I'm not necessarily wired that way. So that that is one thing for like introspection of like look at yourself and and where where do you fall short as far as that? Because I love connecting with people. Like when I have clients that I've got history with and I'm they call me because they have a baby and we're going to show houses again, I will run through a wall for them, right? But I'm not the most emotive with people. And I don't, and I know I don't make that extra effort. You do. I, you I, I you love, love shaking, shaking hands do, and but, high fives. But not so, only that, it's because it makes me feel good. So what you exactly said there, if I go to the Zares Deli and say their name it's and not, see a smile from yeah. them, you know what? That actually makes me feel good. And, and, and so I'm doing it to make them feel good. But guess what? Being nice to people makes you feel good too. And, you know, and I'm not, the one thing with having Neil here too is, it, it, which is nice, and I'm going to be fully honest, is that uh, till I was 45, I was not into coaching. I was not into mindset. I was not into any of that you were just smashing business i just kept my head down and i did what i did. did and then last year brought a really uncomfortable situation uh maybe through maturity too mm. everything changed and i really realized that mindset 
is a huge, huge thing. And I go back to it. And one of my things was, uh, I'll do like this little mindset Monday, whatever. It's not, you know, Neil's. It's good. Okay. Anyways. Don't. I like it. Thank yeah, you. Don't, well, I try to be positive like and anything yeah. positive out there. But one of my no things was is like, yeah, hold the door for the lady going into Tim Hortons. And when she says, oh, thanks, you know, it makes me feel good. You could be having a bad day. Do nice things for others. Makes you feel good. Nothing is wrong with feeling You know, you good. know, you want a great service. I took a flight to Charlottetown last month. They're the, they're the nicest people on the planet. Here, take my car. Here, come, come stay at my house. I don't even, I just met you, but it's just a different way of life. I always say, be prepared to be in the moment, prepared to be nowhere else than be with Mm. that other person. Mm. It's genuine. Right. Mm. And I just, I, I don't know. I just think it's so important. I I need to make an active, I got, I got to start inputting that into my day to day of like, do the, the name thing with three people a day or something like that. Um, cause I'll, I'll do it sometimes, but my natural gear isn't to put myself out there that much. And it's not because I don't care about people. It's sometimes I'm just in the zone or whatever well, it is. But, but so I, I listen a lot. I listen at a whole different level to people. And mm-hmm. you know that I just wrote the book on this because I work with executives. I work with owners mm-hmm. and I can tell you what they're looking for. They're not looking for a life coach. They're not looking for a consultant. They, they know everything about their business. Mm. They want to now read a room. They want to actually speak with influence. They want to be able to read what's not being said in the room. Hence why I teach and study body language now. Right. Because there's a whole dialogue going. I noticed so many nonverbal cues just walking in this building today mm. that gave me a sense of where people were located with my presence. Mm. So it, it gives you tools. So I'm thinking, even with realtors, because the body language stuff they love. I love your body language. Be, thing you do, being by the way. able to read and understand what people are saying to you without saying a word. Right. But it also, it's not about lying. It's not about cues. It's about understanding the impact you have on other people. So if you're with someone and they're open, their body language is open. And for whatever reasons, there's a number of body cues that forces the brain to close up the body language. Mm-hmm. The brain is not comfortable with you. Their brain is not comfortable. Change up the room. Go for a walk. Change right. the dialogue. How few executives know how to do that. I think that's 2023. That's the new level that's, of development. That's very intriguing. Because right. yeah. as a realtor, I, I mean, I hate to we're somewhat chameleons because we morph, have to morph with people's personalities. And I guess I kind of watch body language, but I can tell by 20 seconds of a conversation with someone, the person they are with their tone. If they start kind of sharp, then you're like, okay, I gotta, you know, and I can learn that, but I'm going to start kind of watching. Yeah. You think Sean, you, you just have this large inventory of, of cues and clues. Now you could actually be aware of it. Absolutely. You could actually catch it before it happens. Well, think Mm. about this. And the best thing is, 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 so you're sitting doing an open house and if someone comes in all smiley and happy, you're like, okay, this is kind of thing. But if they come Mm. down, kind of like head down and things like that. So that's very important. So everyone who's listening, watch out for these cues that's that's it's so really fascinating because cool. when you think about like the open house thing is perfect now admittedly i don't do many of them anymore but i always used to watch like when they walk in the door the head down thing shuffling oh blah 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 and that's why like they'll train you and say oh you get them to fill out this form and then they sign this and then make sure you show them it's like people most people walking through the door 
they already got their their barbarian guard up and their swords like this. Sure right? they do. Oh yeah. And so it's not just them coming to you; it's also you coming to them, right? And um, I heard my 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 um, one of my family members went to an open house, and the agent followed them out to their car and was like at the window of their car, like handing them a business card as they're trying to drive away. So it's not just the people walking the front door. Like, be more open and receptive to what's the first impression. And you do this amazing body language work with people. And, and you know, displaying the, the, the kill points and, and the, the protecting yourself, keeping yeah. your sternum covered and all this stuff. So I would, that, that's the, <laughs> I shouldn't say this out loud. One of the only reasons I really would like to go do open houses once again, once in a while, is for that, like, social experiment piece of it is like, okay, and consciously, do you work with that with your team, SureShot? Like, we're, we're, like, training them on being aware of who's walking in the door how you're receptive to it. Do you get out of their way? Are you blocking the foyer or are you off in the living room? Are your arms at your yeah. side? All this so, kind of stuff. Uh, I do work on that. Like, and I work on creating a connection. It's like, because if you can create that connection, then the yeah. people know you're a normal person. I always teach my agents. I said, guys, like don't, no matter what, when you meet someone, their instant thing is they're looking at you and they think you're going to breathe commission breaths all over them. That's yeah. the first, anytime someone's going to meet a rifter, this guy's yeah. going to blow commission house, breath it's all the, over It's me. the furniture store And scenario. it's like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. if they got kids with them, compliment them on the kids. Yeah. Hey, relate to a story with your kids. Yeah. All these things, because then you make a personal connection. It lets them know that you're a normal but, person. And hey, I like working with yeah. The fulcrum people. of that dialogue, though, is... Fulcrum. Is it your agenda or theirs? Right, like even right. even if I see someone approaching me with a crossed arm, I yep. know for some people that's a self-hug. It's comfortable. It could mm -hmm. be cool outside. I'm watching for the changes and shifts in body language. Mm -hmm. Guys, you know, I do recruitment for all my clients. I learn more about a candidate by meeting them in the parking lot. Yeah. And doing the Disney interview, you walk them in and there's some scenarios. And then when they sit down, you tell them how they did in their interview. Yeah. Like to me, that's, they need to know that they're on stage the moment they get out of their car. Yeah. Now I follow them back to their car and I'm usually coaching them and how they did because they realize what I do by now. And they go, how'd I do? I said, well, okay. I don't I suggest do taking a swing at the business owner, but okay. But, <laughs> but people are very genuinely interested in knowing what impact that I have in that interview. You know, it'd be really cool for you guys to do. And I'm not putting you on the spot. You bring, cause you talk about meetings and I know you do your team meetings in your office, right? Yeah. Take your team meeting, <laughs> go to a vacant house you have listed. Thorndog here shows up, and you have an agent who's playing the open house host, and your agents can come through They individually. They can play whatever role they want. They can be whoever they want, and your person inside welcomes them, and this guy's over in the corner, and then he can give them points. Say, did you see what she did when she walked in? What? Do you, how do you think I that made? I gotta be honest. You notice I'd the love foot? To just have him. I'll be the first guy to do it. Yeah, and you can <laughs> and analyze me. Get the veteran guy. Sidebar. Can I do it too? You you can come and look at this. I think Pat just wants us to do it. But, first, so he but can I do. I'm a huge believer in in taking meetings out because if you do meetings at the exact same place, the exact same time, everybody's sitting in the same chair, you're not going to get anything done. Or anything creative. No, everybody's minds are made up. Right. So if you take that same group and you say, guys, we're going to meet at this cafe. Guys, we're going to meet at the park in Port Luzi. Guys, we're going to meet at the Pillar of the Post Park or whatever it is. And we're going to have a walking meeting, like that kind of thing. I think I think that stuff's cool. But the open house thing. That, well, also right? as a facilitator, get really good at interrogating reality. Yeah. So the people that don't show up, mm -hmm. you have a conversation about that. I'm not going to go into detail now. 
Or you have a team meeting and someone shows up and said they didn't do what they said they were going to do because they were busy. Right. Stop the meeting and just say, just tell the truth. What? Just tell us the truth. What do you mean? Just tell us it wasn't important to you. Well, it was important to me. No, it wasn't because you didn't do it. You told me you didn't do it because you were busy. Does anybody in this room care that he's busy? No. Mm -hmm. Okay, so just tell the truth. It wasn't important to you. Once you tell the truth, you can get back in integrity with this group. But right now you're out of integrity because you're not one who lives your commitments. And you come in with the excuse of being busy and no one in this room is going to call you on that? Come on, stop mm. the bus. Mm. Well, I love these chats about team meetings like that because <laughs> I've had some challenges as of late that you're kind of circling around some of the similar things. And, and to be honest, it was on me in the end because... I kept browbeating them for something, yeah. browbeating them for something, yeah. and they weren't bringing it. But then I didn't like. You didn't call was, it out. There, yes, there was no repercussions per se until there was, but mm. I, for a long time. So, so that goes to then. So let's go back to the leadership thing because we got to wrap up pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, I do have some some questions so on how leadership. About we'll settle on one thing each. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Where to go? Okay, one and a half. Well, How about we split you, in the middle? You know, mine's probably going to morph into twelve things. Okay, no, you know what? You go ahead because I, I, I don't want to. <laughs> well, I'm really intrigued by this leadership because I mean, at the end of the day, I am a team leader now, and I started off in real estate as just Sean lot and selling houses and selling houses, and then really, I really started this team that I've kind of got going now only about five years ago. So you nice. know, Good and. Job. and working on brand building and things like that. But it's, I struggle with it sometimes because, you know, I don't like accolades. I don't like anything. I just like to keep my head down. I love people, but I just like to keep my head down. But, but when you're talking That's true, about- true, because the guy's got a desk full of awards sitting there that nobody knows about. So I, I, I'll you give know, you credit and, on that. And, and I, just, I just like people. I like to be a nice guy. And the honest truth is, Neil, I just like to help people. That's the bottom line. I like to help well, that's people. That's why you do what you do. And yes, 100%. I, I realize I can help people in real estate. But, you know, as as far as the leadership role and building a brand within the region, and, and I kind of found it very interesting that when you kind of brought up all these other realtors, and obviously we have now out-of-town realtors coming in who are doing massive amounts of marketing, building brands, and it's going to get more challenging agents or even other businesses where they may have more finances than you do. But I just want you to kind of reiterate that a brand still can be built without doing all that money. You can build yourself into that position. Absolutely. Um, 23 years of doing this. I finally came up with my definition of leadership. And this, this is gut-wrenching. Is what people say about you when you're not in the room. That has nothing to do with money. There's nothing to do with marketing, being on a bus. There's nothing to do with that stuff. It helps for identity. But real leadership is about building that influence that you become memorable. People remember you. The cafe they imprinted in your brain, Patrick, that, hey, would you want to go for brunch? Let's go here because for whatever reason, they put that in your brain. Mm -hmm. That could have been a Facebook post. It could have been a tweet. It could have been anything of which today a lot of this stuff is inexpensive, very inexpensive. Can I talk about that quick? And sure. Keep your train of thought. 
when you go to, to when you talk about differentiating, when you talk about mega businesses coming in with huge budgets and how are you going to compete? That place that we're talking about, brunch for four is probably 150 bucks. They are small. They probably got 40 seats, 35 seats in there. It's a one person shop, like are owned by locals. They're number 14 in the world on TripAdvisor for brunch. Wow. They do great business and they do it in their Sunset Grill and there's Perkins and there's this and there's that and the other. I can go to those other places for less money. I can get a table, whereas on a Saturday, this place, I'm going to have to be patient probably. Um, so when I look at things, I think, do I need to serve breakfast to everybody in Niagara? Or do I want to have this you know, group of people that want to hear from me when they do, that trust what I say, that that enjoy working with me, that 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 you know, there's a back and forth thing. Yeah. Do I do I just need that group, and and that's the group that I'm going to focus on. And I think one of the things with our industry, and a lot of industries, is people get in and they think, how am I going to compete about against all these thousands of agents, as opposed to how do I carve out this community of people that I want to I want to interact with, and I want to do, I want to sell 15 houses a year, 25 houses a year, not a thousand. So for us. Do I take the Perkins approach or do I look at the Mirapol approach, which is let's make something that's special. When people leave, they feel great. When they have an anniversary brunch, they're only going to think of us. You know, it'd be inconceivable to quote um, Gary Vee again, inconceivable for them to go somewhere else because of the experience they had is so good. So for me, that that brand, how do you battle against those big brands is you make that experience for the individual so memorable that, well, that it, it sort of mutes all the other noise. What that cafe has done is they've identified their target market. 100%. Perkins has a target market. Sunset Grill has a target market. Yeah, And there's nothing you wrong with Sunset Grill, You have a target market. Grill, by the way. Sean has yeah. a target market. Yep. So yep. you communicate to that target. Well, can you do outside your market? Of course you can. Sure. I don't necessarily have to go to Chamber After Fives. It's not my market, but I do because I'm a big supporter of all the chambers in Niagara. I'm, I'm a big supporter of that. Right. But I'm not at those events to sell. Right. I'm usually watching a whole bunch of other people trying to sell things to one another. And then after five, it's kind of quite humorous to watch it. We should go observe it one day. The body language is awesome. You know, watching <laughs> men with two hands in their front pockets framing a part of their body they Just shouldn't be and humping change. each other. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yes. But but you think about you ha- need to identify the persona, the target market that you want to communicate with. Right. You get there with realtors, for example, you target your community. Mm-hmm. Right, oh, I'm 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 through all of Niagara. Okay, that could get watered down pretty quick. Or I'm focused solely on Fort Erie or Wayne Fleet. Okay, and then I want to be known in that community. It'll mm-hmm. expand first. Yeah, you can build and yeah. grow from that. And and did that cover the leadership piece for you? Well, yeah, no, definitely the leadership. Because I, to be honest, I I I sell houses as well, but I, I sometimes struggle with the leadership role. It's frustrating. That's one, and that's the challenge I'm having is a little frustration, but. I don't know. I got one thing for this, Neil, is when you, and I liked what you said is good, like leadership is, is what are people saying behind closed doors in regards to that? And, and as a leader, I got to be honest with you, Neil, I don't really care what people say behind the closed doors. If they say I'm an asshole, they well, say if you're I'm an genuine, asshole. it doesn't matter. When you, when you stop worrying what people think about you, it's very freeing. But to you, you know, being a coach, I'm in a room with you and you don't have everyone's eyes staring at you at anticipation. I work on how powerful you are. 
because you're not. Or you walk and you talk and you say the same things every single meeting. Everybody's already know what you're going to say. They're already mm-hmm. signed 100%. off, right? That's mm-hmm. the listening piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, meetings are hilarious places to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just, okay, guys, if you notice you're losing the room, let's number off one to three. Oh, Neil, let's if get you into came groups. and sat in one of my team meetings, you would be devastated. You'd, you know be, love you'd be like, Sean, we got some work to do. Be buddy. throwing be, chairs. and Well, no, it's nothing like that, but it's it's the same kind of monotonous Monday morning. Let's go, guys. And da, 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 and I've always said I need to kind of improve it. So we'll chat on, on, <laughs> so, another, on another note, but we got to kind of wrap it up. On the creativity thing in old school, like, Beethoven time music composition, there was always this recapitulation where they have a theme and at the end they restate the theme. We started out on this podcast an hour ago talking about meetings and why you have them and we're closing it up on meetings why, and, and, yeah. and the why of them, right? Yeah. And uh, I think that that uh, we've covered all kinds of lanes of the Neil Thornton Highway. There's a few more that I wanted to get into, but well, we could carry again, on we, like five hours yeah, this, we don't want to be ridiculous. No, for sure. Neil, do you have any closing statements, remarks? Oh, I, I just think that if, if you're not prepared to change, I, I always love the big, I love a Maya Angelou quote. Like, yeah. people will rarely remember what you said. They'll always remember how you made them feel. And it's 2023. It's time we get human again. You got to understand people's opinions are made up so quickly. All these generations, it's instant gratification, instant communications. You got to be in that market in some way. Whether you like social media, digital media or not, is not the conversation here. The conversation is, is your market using it? Is that where they want to find you? Yes. Then you'd better be there. Right. Whether you like it or not, that's not important in this dialogue. If you're a real business person, and I think every realtor should read the e-myth because they're technicians, they might not necessarily be entrepreneurs. Now, entrepreneurs are about cash flow, budgets, um, source deductions, remittances, CRA, that's what makes up an entrepreneur. And I think a lot of realtors need to realize that I need to be a business person, mm-hmm. not a realtor, mm-hmm. which is really important. And on that note, I had to realize that this year, that I'm actually a business owner. Yeah. And I just happened to sell houses. You just happened right. because sell of where my role morphed, and and that honestly, Neil, that was the 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 light went off at that point because before I've always was Sean had an admin, but now this whole business growth and let's just face the facts. Last year was a little uncomfortable, not as many sales, but now I got staff and I got this place that I'm that I that I own and I got to pay expenses and and yeah. it was a real big thing. And but I like what you said about change. I have been always very resistant to change, resistant to change. But you know what? I, I don't, I, I'm over it now because anytime I go through the change, man, it feels good. I do this. When you get yeah. through it. I say <laughs> this in most groups. I said, do people resist change? And the whole room agrees. And it's actually not true. People actually will resist the uncertainty of the change that's perceived unforced on them. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing brokers now and I can drop some names. You guys, Magar, you look at Ted Bolt, you look at Stephen Oliver, like you've got some really strong brokers out there now who are mentoring, they're coaching, they're developing their people. They're not just a hot seat plate, right? Where realtors come and go, because that gets expensive. It also damages your brand when people come and go from your organization. So I think now the brokers are becoming really, really smart is we want to build a culture here. We want to track, we want to make sure that you're on track to succeed. 
Now you can give them water. They got to show up, but if they don't show up, you go for a walk in the parking lot and you have the, so how serious are you about building your business conversation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's okay to one of you return. It's okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's called robust conversations. We avoid that stuff. Mm-hmm. We, robust, we typically write that down. Oh, that's your favorite. That's Jim's favorite. It. Having robust, robust dialogue. dialogue with people. <laughs> it's so true though. And sometimes you have to do that with a client. You have something that's not going well and you can skirt around it, or you can have robust dialogue where you just say, look, let's get down, let's get down in the weeds and let's dig into this and let's figure it out. Well, remember there's no conflict in reality ever. Let's talk about the truth. On that note, Again, because we were wrapping up eight minutes ago. <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you so much, Neil. Neil. Man. Screaming Johnny's pacing. I love here. it. He's like, he's having a ball. Love love we appreciate it, Neil. Thank this you so much for, for wealth of knowledge. Appreciate yeah. you. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you so much for listening to your Niagara Real Estate Podcast. Again, this was our guest, Neil Thornton. You can check him out on all the socials. You will find him quite easily. Um, particularly on LinkedIn, where you can hit them up with a direct message and guaranteed you'll get a clever and um, witty response. No pressure, but it better be clever and witty when you oh, respond. Oh, like this one. Yeah. I'm wearing my tearaway dress shirt. You thought, yeah. that, was, you thought that was quite That was funny. good. Sean, as always, it's an honor and a pleasure to sit beside Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Take care. See ya. Bye. Bye. This has been your Niagara Real Estate Podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast platform you found us on. Have a friend looking for help? Remember, sharing is caring. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.